So what do we do in annual Vision Sunday is we celebrate some of the stories of the last year. We look back in order to look forwards as well, uh, really with expectancy of what the Lord's going to do. So I love sharing God's stories because I believe they galvanize our faith. They change the environment. As our staff meeting, we start by sharing stories of what God's done during the week. And suddenly the environment changes because you sit there and go, wow, that might be your story, but I'm a part of that story because I know you. And I think often when we're sharing stories, we think about these amazing stories that happen some foreign nation miles away. It's like, yes, that's amazing that that's happening in America. But what about Wales? And so every story that I share today is a God story from here. These, this is our story. This is our community. It's not some other community. And therefore, you get to be a part of it this morning. I want to start by proclaiming that God is moving in this city, that it's his city, it's his nation, that he, he wants his city back. And as Vineyard Church, we exist to rewrite the story of this city, to rewrite stories life by life by life, family by family by family, community by community by community. Can you see how it changes things to bring hope rather than hopelessness, freedom rather than bondage, wholeness rather than brokenness? That's our prayer. That's our mandate. That's our vision. And so our vision as a church is this, restoring the city, renewing the nation. To restore is to make new, to return to return something to what it was made to be. And if you think about every single individual, we were made in the image of God. Therefore, what is it that we were meant to be? We were meant to be in relationship with him. We were meant to find our identity in him. We were meant to know our purpose. And therefore, that's what it is. We're restoring the city by people coming into fullness and wholeness. As a church, we have some values that we want to see in our community and beyond. And it's this. We are captivated by Jesus and compelled by his love to be. These things. A grace-filled community full of shameless worshippers who are outrageously generous, courageously compassionate, and carry the kingdom wherever we go. That's awesome, isn't it? I think it was the Lord. I don't think it was me. You, you know, when you read something, you're like, man alive, I want to be a part of that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Jenny, you've done a brilliant job. <laughs> but as we, as we share stories of what God is doing, we have an underlying assumption that it's all for his glory. I just want to say that this is for him. It's a God story. Jesus leads the church. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. So our stories hopefully show how magnificent God is and how kind he is to us. So just coming into some of these values, grace-filled community, the grace and forgiveness that God shows us means that we welcome anyone, forgive quickly, and love extravagantly. We long for grace-filled community to be at the heart of this church. When we launched this site, what were the first four weeks? Grace-filled community. Why? Because we wanted to teach on what it looks like to be family, what it looks like to do life together. We want to be known for how we love people, love God, love one another. The Bible's quite simple. We want to be a family to one another. We, that's what the talk, scriptures talk about. Throughout the scriptures, it says the one another's. And so that's what we want to be. And we now have currently 42 small groups and networks across our city. So that's a lot of different people, 34 small groups, eight networks that meet together to bring together family. 
making space for new people, we have to keep multiplying groups and starting new ones. In the last four months alone, we've had 191 contact cards for new people across the sites. That might not sound many to you. It sounds a lot to me. That's, that's a gift. That's amazing. We are thoroughly thrilled by that. People looking to be a part of our community. Now, not all of those will necessarily end up in our community, but they are people that are at that next stage of exploring. That's a lot. So let me tell you a little story about what it looks like. This is the title of the story. God and Vineyard has provided our family sanctuary. My younger child loves to play with the big kids in Big Big Kids Club and in possibly the most funnest Sunday school ever. And this is, sorry, this is in the, the mum's words. I love that he's getting to know Jesus, feeling the love and joy of God. But I never thought that we'd get our eldest son to join in. But after years of trying and failing badly, he suddenly decided he didn't want to miss out on another one of the many events laid on for Vineyard Kids and decided completely on his own accord to come to the part play Christmas event. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. That's what we want to hear. To my, and secretly his, surprise, after a few minutes, he'd found a new tribe and was having more fun than I'd seen him have for a very, very long time. God and Vineyard had managed the impossible. I saw a glimmer of what I and others had been praying for for so long, pure joy on my son's face. That's what, as a parent, that's what you long to see, isn't it? You, you long for your parents to know God and you long to see them happy and joyful. The following Tuesday, he came along to the youth group and watched a film and drank more hot chocolate and ate more sweets than I thought humanly possible. <laughs> it goes downhill at that moment. But the next Sunday, he finally asked if he could come to church with us. The kids and leaders are so accepting and accommodating, I could finally relax. The road has been long and bumpy, but our vineyard family's love has welcomed him with open arms and I couldn't be more grateful. All right. Okay. So that, there's one story. Here's from a student. Growing up in my childhood was constantly changing, both the physical location and the people that came with it. And as a result, I really struggled with change. Many of us can appreciate what that's like, which became incredibly apparent when I moved cities to start at university, had to find a new church. My small group was so welcoming and I once felt at home and I realized that when I was looking for a church, I wasn't only looking for worship and teaching, but also the community that came with it. It's true, isn't it? People come along and they might hear teaching and be like, what great teaching. Then like, oh, the worship was awesome. Why do people stay? Because they build relationships and they have people that walk this life with them. When the student weekend away came up, I was really looking forward to spending time with people from my small group, but was incredibly anxious about being stranded in the middle of nowhere with a large group of people, most of whom I didn't know. We've all had that. Actually, I've never had that, but I've read about it. But I love that. But part of me even hoped the snow would cancel it. You know, that just that feeling of, oh, is it going to be all... Thankfully, this has all changed once I got there, and I realized how friendly and open and welcoming everyone in the church is. I had an incredible time, enjoyed amazing fellowship, and now spending time with this community is one of the highlights of my week. So this is just a few snapshots. This is what grace-filled community looks like. This is what we're trying to be. And when I'm talking about these values, they're not only what we are, but they are also aspirational because we also know that we are not the fullness of these things yet. So moving through, shameless worshippers, God has lavished his love on us and set us free from our shame. So in response, we shamelessly give him glory. I don't know if you've ever watched somebody worship that's utterly free. It's the most beautiful. Sometimes just watching people who are utterly free in the Lord worship is captivating because you're like, there is a freedom in your soul that I long for. That's what shameless worship looks like. Just this freedom of identity to be who God made us to be before him, abandoned. 
This is a story from Steph. One of her friends who didn't have faith was opening a new shop, which is obviously a big deal. And so she'd mentioned to Steph that she'd moved into the shop, but she didn't feel 100% happy with the environment. It was like, oh, I feel like there's something weird in this space. And so she mentioned to Steph that she might get somebody who does Reiki to help. So Steph at this moment went, aha, da-da, we have a God. Um, and so she offered to bring together a group of people to come and pray and worship in that shop instead. So they went round, they this lady doesn't have any faith. They prophesied over her. They prayed for blessing in her business and they worshipped in that space for two hours. This was the, Sophie posted this. Last night, this joyful group of humans joined me in the shop to pray with me. They sang, healed and lifted my spirit so high I swear I was levitating. I cried a lot. Not in sadness, but in the sheer relief of being reminded I'm not alone in this epic journey I've decided to walk. This morning, the shop feels different, blessed almost. Thank you, Steph, for bringing such warmth, compassion, and spirit to my life. I'm so grateful for your friendship. This is a picture of what worshipping into the city looks like. So it's not that we gather here in this gathered environment. It's like, oh, great, I come to worship God on the Sunday. What is it when people can carry the presence of God into every environment? That's what we're going to be looking at. But we worship into the city. The city should be changed because we're worshippers. Outrageously generous, number three. God has been outrageously generous by paying the ultimate price for us. All that we have comes from God and we're willing to give it all away. Here's a story from Open Door, which is our vulnerable, vulnerably housed and homeless community. Uh, they meet on a Friday morning and Martin was speaking about the parable of the poor widow and her offering. And they don't normally take up a collection. It's not, not part of what they do, but this he just felt that they should. At the end, we had our first ever open door collection, bringing in a whopping £36. That's great, isn't it? Because in some sense, when we're talking about outrageous generosity, we're not really talking about an amount of money. We're talking about a heart attitude. We're talking about having hearts of outrageous generosity. If we don't have very much, that's fine. But what does it mean? What does it mean to give outrageously for each one of us in our circumstances? This year, our community has been exceptionally generous. We felt the Lord was asking us to expand, and many of you are here because of this. It says in Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. We felt the Lord was asking us to move and to keep moving. So we came in September to the church, and we asked the church to give for this, for this site, because we felt that... The Lord had more. The Lord had something more for us. We set out this larger vision that by September 2023 that we would have five sites across the city, central, north, and those yet to come. Um, and I said to the church at that point, this is going to cost not only our time and our energy, which it will, and many of you know that, it has cost all of those things, but this is going to cost our money because we have a longing for those who are not yet part of us, that they would come to know. The Lord was asking the central congregation to pave the way for this expression, for our neighbor yet to come, our family member yet to come, our flatmate yet to come, our business colleague yet to come, our course mate, fill in the blank. So the church gave sacrificially. We costed it out and we said that we were going to need an extra £160,000 to fully fund the North for two years to press into newcomers and evangelism in the central site because as we made space there were a whole new load of people to come which that has happened to give 10% of that money away to things that don't benefit ourselves and finally to prepare for our next site because 
we're looking to plant five launch, sorry, plant churches, launch sites. Jen's not here. I'm fine. But Sophie is here, so I'm in trouble. Um, So far, we've raised a massive 133,000 towards, which is amazing. And that was the generosity of the church. Individuals, you know, many of them who didn't have a lot of money giving because they felt that this was what the Lord was asking us to do. That's amazing. Um, Outrageous generosity. I know that quite early on you lost your venue on a Sunday morning. And rather than sitting in bed, which probably was quite tempting for many of you, you went to Rebiment Primary School to go and do a blessing in the community and had an opportunity to bless that school. And I know that the deputy head was really massively grateful and Ian was looking through a magazine at one point and found like this little caption is like oh my goodness we we didn't do it for that but um (laughs) but for 40 or 50 people to turn up on a Sunday morning in a different location why do we do that because it's about generosity it's about hearts of generosity and I'm I'm, I know that you also that weekend you went off to the Lanetian Scouts fireworks and many of you thought you're going to be serving tea and coffee inside and you ended up doing 1500 hot dogs instead but The Lord has a sense of humor. That made me laugh. This is only a snapshot of what we long to see, though. We haven't come here to build a Sunday thing. And in this next stage of the church, what will happen is ministries will begin to be released in this part of the city. That's our heart. And the dreams that the Lord's put in your heart for your communities, well, that's, you know, seeing people come to faith. That's what it looks like to release that. So we're excited about seeing that come to be in the next phase. Courageously compassionate. God's heart is for the last, the least, and the lost, so we meet the needs of the city, whatever it takes. One one of our core values is to be courageously compassionate and to serve the city we love. Uh, Here's a few stories. One from Joey about Grow Baby. To date, we've been privileged enough to help over 220 families. That's a lot of families. At present, we have around 25 to 30 families attending our stay and play session every week. I have the privilege of being there on a Thursday and walking down sometimes in the middle to go and get a cup of tea. It's carnage. Um, you know when you just walk in and you're like, this is amazing. This is God's heart. You know how you can walk into an environment and be like, this is what God made us for. To open up our community for literally the world there's people from all around the world who come and so to the point where there's so much demand that we've had to change the way that we do it to open up the afternoon as well and I don't see that necessarily being the end of it I think that's just making space for the next wave and the next wave and the next wave because the needs of this city are huge um at Christmas, we dro- when we dropped, this is Joey, we dropped off hampers. One of the mums who was receiving one was really worried because her daughter was ill and hadn't eaten for days. I asked if I could pray for her. She's a Muslim, and she said yes. So I sat on the floor next to her little girl, laid hands on her, and prayed for healing. Later on that evening, I had a very excited text message from the mum telling me her daughter was completely well and eating again and thanking me for praying for her. Mm, yeah. Storehouse from Justin and the team. Our storehouse project that provides furniture to those in Cardiff has driven 1,500 miles in 2018 to help collect and deliver furniture to over 40 different families. And here's just a couple of stories that really stand out. He said, they're seeing three children all under five jumping and singing for joy as they've been given a sofa and two armchairs singing, Mummy, we have a sofa, we have a sofa, as they jump up and down on it. Things that we just take for granted, aren't they? 
but actually in the midst of desperation, suddenly to be like, I have been given a sofa. A text message from another mum, we delivered a microwave and dining table. Thank you for your kindness on Saturday. My son, age 10, hasn't stopped talking about you since you left. The strangers who provided us a table and microwave, but are now friends. Thank you. They're little acts of kindness that utterly revolutionise people's lives. We cannot ever get bored of sowing seeds and just throwing we we are called to just extravagantly throw the love of God around we don't know what happens he does it that's his responsibility our ours is to throw out the seed and to be willing to love deeply and well blend this is from Jackie Blend started in January 2017 as a monthly coffee morning and due to growing demand, became weekly in September this year. It's aimed at asylum seekers and refugees and provides coffee, homemade cake, friendship and support. In 2017, we met 102 individuals with a total of 256 attendances and 27 nationalities. In 2018, we met 211 individuals with a total of 729 attendances. and We've now met 52 nationalities from Azerbaijan to Zimbabwe. In January, we met a young asylum seeker who had struggled a lot on his country with the Islamic regime, personal issues with his family, and also a dependence on drugs. And he was suffering from PTSD and had been so ill on his arrival into the UK that he'd been sectioned for a month. When, and this is Jackie. When I first saw him, he was physically shaking from drug withdrawal and looked so terrified that I felt compelled to hug him. He came to blend and made friends and assisted on helping with the washing up and setting down at the end. He started attending a local church, joined our small group and Bible study for refugees and asylum seekers and gladly received prayer. This week after we had prayed for him, he came to speak to me away from the others and with the tears in his eyes, he said, before my mind was small like a child, but God saved me and gave me a new life. Thanks to God. Amen. Jackie says this, if we'd only been able to help that one young man, it would have been worth it. But they are seeing loads of people come. I mean, their ministry is amazing what Jackie does with her small group. And I can share. Open door. We've seen back pain, eye conditions, epilepsy, addiction, and anxiety all healed and restored. The natural response meeting Jesus like this is to surrender to him. And we've seen 10 people come to faith over the last year. Open door is a vulnerable and homeless community. We have a congregation that meet on a Friday Friday morning. Chris, this is the most exceptional story. He shared this at his baptism, and it's so amazing that you need to hear it. Um, I was introduced to Vineyard through a homeless outreach program called Open Door, and this was his transcript from his testimony. The first time I attended January, I had the privilege of meeting Pete, Bill, and Emily, who told me about this church and prayed for me. At the time, I was homeless and suffering with a lot of health problems. I felt like I didn't belong anywhere, and during this period, I was at rock bottom and contemplating suicide. Thankfully, I'm still here today to share this special moment with you all. From that blessed day in January, not only has my life been saved, but so is my spirit. I can feel because his presence around me daily, and I thank him regularly for that. The Sunday after I met everybody at Open Door, I attended the church for the first time, and I could feel the Holy Spirit reach out to me instantly. I used to have up to 15 seizures every day, um, epileptic fits every day to the point where he just, and he's like, my motivation was running low. At this point, Pete arranged for my partner and I to come to Kingdom Pursuit, which is the conference that we run in May, where I received a powerful gift. During the service, I collapsed to the ground and Pete prayed for me. And since that moment, I've not had a single seizure. To this day, nearly seven months later, I'm still seizure free. That's amazing. 
prison, some of the prison chaplains heard about Open Door and made contact with us last year, inviting us to the Sunday service in Cardiff Prison. Our first week, we had around 30 prisoners come along and over half responded to the talk and came forward for prayer, literally queuing up to be prayed for. We had big, strong lads, hard lads, in tears as we prayed over them, many of them opening up and being really vulnerable with us straight off, pouring out their hearts. The sense of God's presence was wonderful. They went in last week as well and had a similar experience. The Lord is opening doors all across this city. Kingdom carriers, we carry the authority of the king in order to see the power of God break out wherever we go. We're just starting a series on this value. You had Derek speak to you last week. We're going to be pushing into this for the next six or seven weeks. Why? Because we want to know what it is to carry the authority of the king. There's one thing. We start with kingdom identity, which is who am I in God? Then what happens is we begin to live out a kingdom identity. We begin to carry kingdom authority. Authority is when environments begin to change because we're in them. Just because we, we carry, if we truly believe that we carry the Holy Spirit and the presence of God with us, why would we not expect environments to change? And that's what begins to, so as we begin to step into this and learn what we carry, things change. People get healed. The kingdom comes. You know, all the signs that Derek talked about the kingdom, that's what happens when we carry kingdom authority. The, the youth have really led the way with our kingdom carriers, particularly in the central site, going out every month. Did you share a story last week? No. So, okay, okay I'll tell the story because it's amazing. Um, so they went out a couple of weeks ago onto the streets, treasure hunting. Treasure hunting is literally where we sit there going, people of the treasure and God, who are you asking me to find today? And so you go through a number of, you basically pray, what might they look like? Where might they be? Is there anything wrong? So that's kind of the, so this group of 12-year-old lads Started praying, so they had black shoes, black coat, significant loss in the family. So they went out that morning and they saw this lady crossing the road with a black coat and black shoes and were like, we found the treasure. So they go straight up to her. It's like, hello, we're just from a local church. Is there anything that we can pray for? And she was quite guarded, understandably. Um, and then they're like, oh, I'm not so sure. And then they were like, have you experienced any loss in your family over the last week? And she was like, yes, I lost my nephew last week. He died in a canoeing accident. And so they prayed for her there and then on the street. That's our 12-year-olds. That's what, that's what kingdom authority looks like. It's like, well, why wouldn't we believe that God wants to break into people's lives? That's a picture of the kingdom coming. They prayed group of 12 of them went out. They prayed for 25 different people two Sunday mornings ago. Because people are open to the gospel. They want to see the power of God. Proclamation and demonstration. Um, last year, we ran a thousand acts of courage. We asked our church. We very much were looking through the book of Joshua, pressing onto something called the Joshua chapter, which was really around the Lord calling us to be more courageous in our life. And so we launched this thing called a thousand acts of courage. The aim behind this was not to succeed. It could be to utterly fail. It was more to step out in courage. So a great story would be offered to pray for somebody. They said, no, great, win, act of courage. No, but do you know what I mean? The point is, sometimes we sit there, and the only danger with me sharing these amazing stories is you're like, Shabba, my life looks a bit rubbish now. These are your stories, just to say that. But what is it for each one of us to take the next step of courage? The Lord prompts us and it's like, oh man, I, I really could pray for that person. I, could I do that? And it's like, well, offer. 
And so over two months, we achieved our target of 1,000 acts of courage, which is amazing. You should have read the Facebook feed because everybody who did an act of courage put their act of courage up. So we've got a thousand, pretty much 1,000 acts of people stepping out in faith. It's amazing. It's so inspiring because we're, la- we're, we're, we're pressing into what the Lord is asking us to carry. So Kingdom Pursuit, there's another great story. 2018, this was our conference. After Kingdom Pursuit, we got a text from Adam Matthias, who leads a small church in Ponte. He brought a bunch of his church along on the Friday night. Just wanted to say how much of a blessing it was to meet and hang out with you. We left with such a huge encouragement, expectation, and increased faith last night. Really blessed us. That faith spilled into today's gathering too. Everyone came buzzing, expectant, and full of excitement. Two people without faith walked into a couple. I had a word of knowledge for arthritis, and it was for the woman who didn't have faith. Anyway, she gets healed after prayer at the start of the meeting, and by the end, they both get saved and filled by the spirit. Mental. God is so flipping kind. just goes on to say really fell this has something to do with what was imparted to us from you guys in vineyard in general yesterday thanks for making us feel like family again these languages coming out again isn't it of if we can be a blessing to somebody else in this city great that's what we're here to do so just moving on playing our part i want to speak about resources for a moment if you're here for the first time i want you to know i don't speak about resources every sunday but um we twice a year i talk about resources because it's a reality. If you give regularly and if you give to the church, I just want to say a massive thank you to you. Everything that we've talked about has been enabled by your generosity. If you sit there and you think, oh, I don't do that much. It's like, do you know what? You enable a lot of that stuff to happen. So thank you. Um, you've bought the teas and the coffees and the donuts. You've paid for the building to be open. You've paid to be in this room. You've funded the Restore Ministries. You've enabled an incredible kids' church to function. You've provided the finance for the midweek venue. You've enabled the small groups to have money. You've enabled us to bless Lenish, uh, Rabina Primary School. I could go on and on. Your generosity has enabled ministry to happen. I spoke about being outrageously generous earlier. Outrageous generosity will stand and challenge, stand against and challenge consumerism, and materialism from it's all about me to it's all about him. We have been called to steward everything that God gives us in life. Our talents, the thing, you know, the, the natural talents that we have, our resources, our time, our energy, all of it. It's, we reach the point in faith where it's, it's his. And so as a church and community, I long for us to be known as being outrageously generous, that we look after and provide for those in need, that we prefer one another, that we bless what God is doing. When we see God moving in a part of the city, we go, do you know what, we can bless this. That we treat those searching for faith brilliantly, that we provide finances for churches to be planted. Um, Last year, we took up an offering, sorry, I'd even forgotten about this, for Falmouth. And we gave £8,000 for them to launch their church. Um, we had the ball uh, on Friday, which was amazing, where we raised 5250 for our storehouse and grow baby ministries, that we create amazing environments for young people to meet God, that we support people working overseas, that we give our time and money to helping those caught in addictions, that we open our homes for people to meet in, that we use the money that's been given and we steward it to bring the heavenly city here in Cardiff. These are the attitudes and values that we're called to live out. And as we move into this next season, we would love to ask that more of you would commit financially. Up until now, for 10 years, we've had enough to do what we believe Jesus is asking us to do. He's always provided, but he provides through his people. That's the reality is that um, 
We are moving into a season of massive expansion. Our God is big. Our vision is big. The people who've committed financially, about 40% have paved the way for those yet to come. So 40% of our church would give regularly through the bank, and that is such a blessing, and it basically pays for everything that this church does. Can you imagine how that would change if that figure moved from 40 to 50 or to 60%? As we're looking to launch more sites, as we're looking to plant churches, as we're looking to see the ministry begin to come out of the north, you know, it's what are the projects that the Lord's asking to be specifically here in this part of the city? It's going to take money because that's what it just does. So if you're not giving yet, can I ask you to consider joining us? This is not a heavy invitation. This is just a light thing of would you consider being a part of the family as we pave the way for the next set of people. The Bible talks about the tithe and giving the tenth, which is the way that Jen and I have always conducted our finances ever since we've been students. The Lord spoke to us as students, and it's easy when you have very little money um, to give a tenth of it. It gets harder (laughs) as you have more, interestingly, which is why I'm always like with young people, get it sorted young. It's so much easier. Um, and that's, that's what we believe the Lord's us. So we, we don't sit here and go, this is not something that we do. This is something that we believe is part of discipleship in the kingdom, is that he, he has it all. And so we give the first fruits to the church to enable ministry to happen. You put your money where your heart is. Giving is a muscle that we grow and develop. And as time's gone on and we've been through, you, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a giving campaign. We had the giving campaign for this. It's like the Lord's like, oh, okay, what is it? that he's asking me to give. Uh, The reason that we put out giving forms today that will be around you is because we know many people, it's not that they don't want to, they just don't get around to it. And so it's more an opportunity. We want to make it as easy as possible. So we're looking for people to start that journey and we're we're looking really for another 50 givers to start. For others, your circumstances might have changed and you might want to update your giving as well. So would you ask the Lord what he would have you give? I've lost a page. That's not very helpful. Oh, is there? No, that's not it. I think I can do it from memory. Thank you. That's really helpful. It was only the vision for 2019 that I lost. (laughs) It's just the overflow. The vision is Holy Spirit come. That's the vision. No. So I've used this language of rewriting stories today. This is kind of a little bit of new language for us. But as a team, we've been reading a book called Scattered Servants by Alan Scott, which has absolutely ruined us. He says this, the dream of God over your life is that not that you become a believer and help out the local church. The dream of God over your life is that you come alive in his presence and bring life to every environment, spilling contagious hope into hurting humanity. Can you see how that's a little bit bigger? It's too small, this. The Lord's asking us to lift up our eyes. We want to see God rewriting more and more stories across our city. Rewriting the stories of people and families and communities. We long to see more people come to Jesus for the first time. That's what we're praying for, and we're setting the direction of our church after. That's why we exist. We spoke to the leaders early in January about how we were praying for 200 people to come to faith this year. Um, to really give their lives and to start to follow him. That's what we long to see. We, and so far, we've seen 12 people commit their lives to the Lord so far this year. And that is a great start. So that's the first thing, rewriting stories, to see people come to faith. The second is this, launching sites. This year, we are preparing to launch our next site in 2020. 
So we're building for it. We're both raising the resource, building our central structures to be able to pull it off and identifying the location and the leaders. Pray for us as a team as we do this. We just need the Lord's guidance. You know, we never want to go ahead of what the Lord's leading us to. And therefore, that the Lord would be speaking and it would be so obvious. And it's like, it's here, it's these people, and this is how it's... You know, that's what happened with Ian and Sophie. It was so clear. The Lord was just... They came to us and they were like, we just feel like the Lord's asked us to do this. We're like, great. That's what you long for in life. The finger, We're looking for the fingerprints of the Lord. And so pray for us as we look to discern that, as we prepare for that. And then finally, church planting. Jen and I have been given a number of prophetic words in the last year about raising up our heads like giraffes. We were literally given this word, like a giraffe, that the Lord was lengthening our neck to look over this nation. And to what the Lord wants to do. The second half of our vision statement is renewing the nation. Restoring the city, renewing the nation. For the first 10 years, our gaze has very much been on Cardiff as we have pressed into what the Lord's had. But the Lord has been prophetically banging down our door, literally, about Wales, about what he longs to do in this nation. And I don't know about you, but it's not all right when across this nation there are so many areas where there are not vibrant churches. That's all I'm talking about. I don't really care what denomination it is. I just care that it has life. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That it has a pulse and that people are growing in their faith. Whatever denomination... I can get behind that. But we also know that we're part of the solution rather than it just being, oh, that's somebody else's responsibility. The Lord planted us in Cardiff for a reason, to grow a church, to plant a nation. And so we need to start planting churches into Wales. That is our next stage. The Lord spoke to me really clearly at our national leaders gathering a couple of years ago. This has always been on my heart, but it hasn't been activated until now. The Lord activated the title of the conference was Now is the Time. And I felt he said, now is the time. Now is the time to press into this. In order to facilitate this next year, I'm going to be running a church planting training year. Um, it's all very well to just go, we're going to plant some churches, but maybe we have to train some people to do that. So that's one of the things that I'm going to be doing. If you're interested, please come and speak to me. It's going to be starting in September. In finishing, I want to say this. Our church has never had more momentum. It's a bit wild. It feels a little bit out of control in a good way. But it's amazing. When you start seeing these stories, and you're like, this is our community. This is what's going on. We are so grateful to the Lord for his hand on us. And we're ready to step into his purposes over us. Would you join us this year as we run hard after what the Lord has for us? Would you step in? And would you seek the Lord and say, what is my part to play? Why don't you stand?